Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here to discuss the Badgers. In case you guys missed it, we had our Illinois Instant Reaction podcast released on Sunday, so a little bit different schedule, but uh, we figured you guys would want to hear from us and our thoughts on that game uh, soon after, uh, excuse me, on, on Sunday night we had that release, or Saturday night we had that released. Um, so we figured you guys we would want to you guys would want to hear our reaction to that rather than wait until Tuesday and drug up that uh, bad memory. So it's been a little longer since I've uh, heard from you, Matt. But are you have you recovered from the uh, the difficult Illinois loss last weekend? Yeah, uh, I've gotten uh, regained sight after that uh, horrendous display. Um, but it's it'll be exciting to see the Badgers to see if they're able to bounce back after a game that I know stung a lot of the players kind of hard and you know it's a learning moment so we'll see how they do this week how are you doing yeah i'm recovered i mean i uh you know i went back and watched a little bit of that game and you know, there was really some missed opportunities and uh, you know you can you can go back and you can nitpick a whole host of things um but but really at the end of the day you know it's a football game you can't really dwell on it too much it was it's an upset it was a huge upset you know in terms of you know college football landscape and uh it was the biggest spread loss of the season so far so obviously it hurts and it was unexpected by all accounts but at the same time you know these things happen and you've got another opportunity right in front of you so hopefully the players can turn the page and uh get back after it so uh yeah i didn't really want to dive too much back into illinois because it's, it's definitely a painful loss to bring up but any final thoughts on that and if or anything that you want to touch on before we get into Ohio State or are we ready to turn the page? Well, I think the big thing to come from that game is the players are going to want to get ready. And I think it's nice to be able to have a, a game that is big to got to get everybody going and ready to play. Uh, you know, the Badgers had that game in hand. They had the ball for over 20 minutes more. They had so many opportunities that it seemed like they just beat themselves and minimized their margin to win that game. You know, they kept allowing Illinois to hang in the game. So it'll be interesting to see how the team rebounds is able to kind of give themselves uh, the ability to use the weapons around them to make sure that they're winning the game instead of making making it so that you don't lose the game. It felt like at times uh, against Illinois and not maximizing the amount of weapons that they have around them, which came back to bite them and allowed Illinois to hang out in that game. Yeah, and I mean, it's one of those games that it's a teaching moment, you know. It's a teaching moment for the players to, to execute and take care of the football. You know, I think that was the biggest thing was the two turnovers late. You know, even if you if you hang on to the ball, you probably win that game. 
Uh, it might not have, not have been pretty, but you, you still probably come out on top. So it's a learning moment for for guys like Jonathan Taylor and Jack Cohn, and obviously they're experienced and have played a lot of football, so they, they know that, that those things can't happen. But like you said, it's also uh, kind of a learning moment for the coaches. They played it a little too conservatively. Um, and at times this season, we've seen Paul Christ and the offensive you know, play calling get more aggressive and, and go for uh, some bigger shots, and we didn't really see that in that Illinois game. So it'll be interesting to see you know, how the how the team responds, how the coaches respond. And I, I use the age-old adage of, of college football, but if you're going to lose, it's it's better to lose early. And I think uh, you know, losing you know at this point is better than losing to Illinois later in the season. And you've got opportunities in front of you. Uh, to bounce back and of course you, you've got your biggest test again this week but if you win this game and uh, pull off this monumental upset you know on, on the backside of these two weeks you're right back in the thick of things and you've got your whole season in front of you so I know it's bad and I know people are probably still upset at the result of the game but at the same time uh, it could be a lot worse and you've still got chances you've got a ranked Ohio State team you've got a ranked Minnesota team and, and Iowa down the stretch where you know anything can happen so I, I don't want to dwell on on too much of that, and instead we'll uh, we'll get into Ohio State, which is of course a, a huge matchup. You know, number three team in the country. Headed, we're heading to Columbus uh, to take on Ohio State at 11 a.m. on Fox. Matt, you know, just looking at uh, the Buckeyes, they, they've been dominating so far this season. Pretty much everybody they've played has gotten rolled by Ohio State. But what are your initial impressions on the Buckeyes this season? Yeah, I mean they're they've been playing insanely good. They're I think right now probably playing to be the best team in the country, at least thus far, if you're going straight off of what have you done for me? Um, And the sample size isn't huge, you know, only seven games, but at the same time, they're putting up some major numbers. I think Justin Fields has actually been a spark for that offense. He's playing actually better than Dwayne Haskins in a lot of areas. He can kind of do it both through the air, but also on the ground, something that Ohio State, when they're at their best, is able to do. And he's not afraid to, um, you know, force the ball down the field and spread it around to a lot of different weapons. And then on defense, Chase Young is an absolute animal. So Ohio State's looking like maybe the best team in the country, and it's it's going to be a huge test for Wisconsin. And it'll be interesting to see how the Badgers bounce back against them because this is, like you said, this is a moment that they could use to uh, springboard them to jump back into the, uh, you know, Big Ten race, but also the uh, college football playoff in reality. Yeah, and I mean, you look at this this Ohio State team, like you said, if you were going off of what uh, they've done in 2019 uh, versus Clemson and Alabama, who've been historically good, this, I think, is the best team in the country uh, through seven weeks. I was going through all the, you know, statistical categories, and I tweeted it out today. I mean, they're number one or top five or top 10 in pretty much every important category that you want to be in. Uh, they lead the nation in uh, average margin of victory at a, you know, a rate of 41.8 points per game. So they're not only are they beating teams, but they're, they're beating teams handily. So it, it'll be a, a great test for the Badgers, I think, on both sides of the football, because you, like you said, Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins are about as lethal of a combo as you can have in the backfield on offense. And then they've got you know the defense that has just been dominating led by a guy like Chase Young. You know, they're the number two defense in the country behind Wisconsin. They've dominated for you know in tackles for losses and sacks and, and third down defense. They're top five in, in every statistical category across the board on defense. On both sides of the football, I think it'll be uh, you know, a really good test for Wisconsin, but one that you know, I, I don't really think the Badgers as players will, will be too intimidated by. They've, they've been tested with Teams that were quote unquote you know more talented on paper and better than them and and they've came out on top with 
with Michigan and Michigan State. So I don't think they're going to be back down by any means. Still looking at it, you know, across the board, Ohio State looks like the more talented team, and they're always going to. They're, they're one of the top programs in college football year in and year out in terms of recruiting. You know, they're they're right up there one two with, with a team like Alabama and you know Clemson now getting into that mix. But there's got to be a weakness in this team somewhere. So, Matt, is there any area that you've seen from Ohio State that you think the Badgers may have a chance to exploit or maybe have an edge to uh, give them a little bit of an advantage in this football game? I think starting off, we ha- uh, Wisconsin has Jonathan Taylor. He is an ultra-human in terms of his running ability. So anytime you have a, a game-breaking player like him, he's going to need to have a big game. Uh, no doubt about it. He is... A very talented individual. He's, I think, just a little, a hair better than J.K. Dobbins, who obviously isn't a tremendous running back for Ohio State. But he is he is a guy that can tilt the game for you if he can kind of just take over. Um, and then the other thing I think that's big is motivation. Wisconsin took that huge L last week and laid an egg. They have every opportunity to seize the moment and have every reason to go into it, you know, with their hair on fire. This is a game they need and they know that they need it if they want to still have meet the goals that they had set at the beginning of the season, which are definitely still in front of them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, you look at this team, I think one area that they could really attack is uh, the passing offense for Ohio State hasn't been as great. You know, they're 66th in pass offense. And they, they were 64th in sacks allowed. So their their offensive line has kind of been something that they had to rebuild this offseason, you know, that's something that we're the Badgers who, who have looked really good uh, in terms of getting after the quarterback and putting pressure on the quarterback uh, can really exploit. And at the same time, but at the same time, you know, they haven't really had to rely on the pass because Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins have been able to run the ball. And, you know, you touched on Jonathan Taylor as well. I think this is going to be have to be a game where, where he really goes off and and does his has his Heisman moment. You know, if there's a time to have it and pull that card out. Uh, it's definitely this week, and you know I think if if the batters want to have any hope of of doing that and beating this very talented and, and great Ohio State team, uh, you're going to have to. But I like what you said about the motivation too, because we've seen Ohio State in these past couple years. Granted, they were on the road against you know a team like Purdue and Iowa, but they they lost to a lot worse teams than Wisconsin in these past couple seasons, and we've seen that you know Ohio State team be dominating and then come out flat in certain spots. And I know we haven't seen it yet this year. It's certainly something to look out for. And you know, the Badgers certainly have the, the more motivation in this football game, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. But, you know, we touched on Jonathan Taylor and really, I, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how the offense tries to attack this Ohio State defense because they've been so good across the board. So Matt, how do you think the offense will, will look to go at this, this top ranked Buckeye defense. I think the big thing is that the Badgers are going to try to maintain possession of the ball as much as humanly possible. Ohio State's best when their offense is on the field. They're such a good offense. They're able to score at such a rapid rate that it makes it so that their defense is out there uh, frequently. The Badgers need to be able to hold on to the ball. Wisconsin's first in the nation in terms of time of possession. Ohio State, that's one category that they struggle with. They're at only 46th in the nation in terms of that. So the Badgers need to kind of do what they did against Illinois in terms of just sit on the ball, but at the same time, make the plays when you need to make it. So I think Wisconsin is going to try to sit on the ball, take take the time as much as they can, use the clock, 
but that re requires the running game to be effective, something that just wasn't uh, great last week. I know uh, Coach Rudolph talked about that their fits weren't perfect and on a couple of runs that they had the opportunity to, to, to make bigger runs for. And if, if hopefully everybody's healthy, I think Erdman will be playing this week. They might be able to rebound, but I think the offense needs to be able to run the ball, move the chains like Jack Cohn was able to last week. Uh, you know, he was impressive on third down. They got to be able to do that. They can't turn the ball over. So I think it's going to be a ground and pound, grind the game out as best you can and lean on your defense because the Badger defense is going to have to uh, step up in a big way. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I was writing my keys to victory uh, post this morning, and, and my first point was sustained drives. I think if there's a game where you have to dominate the time of possession the way Wisconsin has all season, I think it has to be this one because, like you said, the Badgers' best shot is keeping Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins uh, off of off of the field as much as they can. And at the same time, uh, you know, getting – Keeping Ohio State's defense continually going at him, wearing them down, is is going to be the way you have offensive success. And you know, on top of sustaining drives, I think they really have to take care of the football. Obviously, that's a key every week. But kind of just going off of that, you really have to you have to look at this team. And and I think the big thing uh, is going to be on third down. I think if there's one you know spot in this game on both sides of the ball. Uh, third down is going to be the, the crucial down for, for both teams because both teams rank in the top 10 uh, in terms of third down offense and both teams rank in the top 10 with Wisconsin being number one on third down defense. So uh, I, I think this game is going to come down to who makes more plays uh, when the pressure is really on. And, uh, you know, hopefully Wisconsin can sustain those drives and and make those plays. And, you know, you don't always have to score on every every drive you know if you have a drive and flip the field that's fine too but eventually you're going to have to convert some of those into points uh, but I, I really think sustaining drives and, and playing the tempo game that they've done really a good job of so far this season uh, is going to be crucial going off of that you know you touched on the offensive line a little bit they they, they really kind of struggled uh, last week against a, an Illinois front seven that doesn't on paper have the talent that Ohio State does uh, but obviously you touched on the injuries a little bit. Do you think the offensive line kind of returns to form this week? And if they don't, where does where does this offense go? Does it does it maybe get ugly if if they don't control and and uh, run the ball the, the way and that they need to? I think Wisconsin has to be able to run the ball. So I think the offense is going to lean on that offensive line and they're going to need to come through. I do think they'll be better. I think they are going to be set up and ready for this game. But I, I do think it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be one of those games where you're going to have to grind and it might not be uh, big plays, but Jonathan Taylor is going to have to hit on a, on a couple long runs that it might be him breaking three tackles and turning something, not, something when that's not there into something big because the Ohio State front seven is really tough. You know, and if Wisconsin isn't able to run the ball, and becomes one dimensional chase young can pin his ears back. And that dude's no joke. He's got nine and a half sacks and he's one of the best uh, players in the nation. I think he's projected top five pick. So Wisconsin's going to need to run the ball. And I think the offensive line is going to bounce back in a way, um, you know, teams have been able to run the ball on them. I know Nebraska put up over 180 yards rushing on them and, you know, Mo Washington uh, for all his off field stuff is a decent running back, but he is not uh, Jonathan Taylor by any means, nor is their offensive line. Yeah, I mean, you look at their their defense. Uh, the worst aspect of their defense is their run defense. They they rank ninth in rushing defense, and I know ninth is 
is is no you know no slouch by any means but at the same time when you're <laughs> ranking when you're ranking second in total defense and third in passing defense that's clearly the area that you've struggled if you've struggled a little bit um you know at all that's that's where it's going to be and if you're looking at Wisconsin that's definitely the strength uh, you know I think that offensive line is going to have to bounce back but at the same time when, when we normally talk about the Badgers and, and their offense we never talk about concerns from the offensive line so to, to think that they won't have a better game and they won't bounce back I think is a little crazy to think just simply because they've had that dominance you know for, for almost a decade with their offensive line so I it's it's something that I don't really worry about. Yeah, they weren't great last week, but they had some things moving around. They had some injuries that they're going to have to, um, you know, battle with. And I, I think they'll play a lot better than than what we've what we saw last week. And I, I think at the same time, I believe the aggression, you know, from the offense is is maybe going to be a little bit, you know, more pressed. I, I think in that Michigan game, we saw Paul Crist go for it on fourth down and take some more chances and and be aggressive. So, do you think wrapping up the offensive talk? Do you think that Paul Chris is going to be a little bit more aggressive and, and the offense as a whole is going to you know take more chances uh, against Ohio State? I think there's going to be times when they're going to have to. I think Paul Chris is going to be very intentional about when he does it. I know for a fact that the Badgers have gone for fourth down a lot more this year. We saw that again against Illinois, not as much uh, than we than we had seen against, say, Michigan State. But I think Wisconsin, in times when they're in Ohio State territory, are going to have to try to force the issue. It can't be kick field goals because you're not going to you're not going to beat Ohio State kicking field goals. It's just not going to happen. So if you get into those fourth and shorts, you got to go for it. You got to push the envelope because while you have sustained a six minute drive, you can't just walk away with three points in that because Ohio State, when they sustain a drive, it's going to end in seven every time. So Wisconsin's going to have to go ahead and force the issue. And I think Paul Christ understands that he's did it against Michigan state. He did it against Michigan. The times when it seems like he'd shelled up and tried to not lose essentially was against uh, Illinois and Northwestern two teams that, you know, the Badgers should have beaten. um, But at the same time made the games closer than they had to be. So I think in a game where he needs it, he's going to, he's going to pull out all the, the tricks of the trade to try to win it. Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, he's going to have to be more aggressive. You know, they're going to have to be more aggressive in terms of play calling, but I think they know that already, and I think they were overly conservative, at least in the second half of that Illinois game, uh, and it came back to bite them. So they're going to have to take some chances there. But at the same time, like you said, they're they're not going to win this football game kicking field goals. And even and it's not like three points is even a guarantee uh, with, with the way that Wisconsin is kicking right now. They, there's not, you know, a Rafael Gaglione a couple years ago where he was money from – from anywhere, you know, inside his range, he was going to put it in, and you were guaranteed three points. You know, th- th- I think that's the biggest risk too, is if you settle for a three-point, you know, drive and you, you get down the field and then you miss a field goal, that kills almost you know a half a quarter and, and a ton of momentum to even get points on the board. So I think Coach Chris is going to have to, uh, you know, take his chances when it's right. I don't expect him to be going for it, you know, on on his own side of the fifty by any means. He's not going to be, you know, a guy like that. But at the same time, he's going to have to take shots to get seven points on the board when he can. And when you get into that range, if you don't, you're probably going to end up going home uh, unhappy. You know, they've, I, it's the long mantra of kicking is for losers. And I think, don't think you can settle um, you know, for field goals when you're play, taking on a team like this and you're only going to get a certain number of opportunities. It'll be interesting to see how that offense uh, really gets going. And uh, 
that kind of wraps up our offensive talk. We're going to kick it to a quick ad read here, and then uh, we'll get into some uh, Wisconsin defensive stuff, and then, of course, a score prediction at the end. All right, so we've talked the offense. We, we've dove into kind of what we think uh, the Badgers will be doing in terms of the offensive game plan with Jonathan Taylor and Jack Cohn and, and the various faces along the offensive line. Uh, but now we turn to the defense. I think the the defenses in this game are two of the, obviously statistically they're the two best teams in the country. But the way they've played so far this season has been you know incredibly fun to watch on both sides. I, I think they're the best units for both team. So when you're looking at Wisconsin's defense taking on that offense, of course you you look at the names of J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields. They've been a dynamic duo in the backfield all season. You know Justin Fields has really shown that he is a quality quarterback. Uh, I think Georgia would would love to have a guy like Justin Fields back on their team with you see how uh, Jake Fromm struggled. But which player, you know, for Wisconsin, are you more concerned about? Is it is it more Justin Fields or is it J.K. Dobbins? I think I think for me, if we're going to stick to concern, I would say Justin Fields, who I think the Badgers need to try to stop is Dobbins. I think the Badgers need to stop the run game and make Ohio State one dimensional. Um, Dobbins is a really good back. But the Badgers have shown that they're good against the run. You know, even against Illinois, they only give up 154 yards on the ground. So they can, they've been stout against the run. They've got to main, or, uh, contain Dobbins. Um, but Fields is the one who I'm more concerned with. We've seen it time and time again when the Badgers take on Ohio State. It's those fluky plays that's just a super athlete like a Justin Fields or Terrell Pryor make uh, a last second thing to make the game, you know, and that tilts everything. So the quarterback position is what I'm going to be looking at, especially because of the amount of time that Fields has the ball in his hands and how he can um, make plays not only through the air, but also on the ground. So because of that, I'm going to go with Fields. What about you? Yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, you look at Justin Fields, you know, not so much as a passer. Obviously, he he's thrown the ball fairly well, and but he hasn't had to really rely on making plays with his arm. Uh, he but he's been able to really make some plays with his feet. And I think Ohio State's of years past, that's always been what has killed the Badgers that read option quarterback run type game. And I know Ohio State hasn't done it as much as they used to do it with Urban Meyer and JT Barrett, where it seemed like. Every second, every two plays was a was a read option with with one of those guys. But Ryan Day has has still relied on Fields' feet when he's had to. And I think uh, if you're going to be going against an offensive firepower like this, if you can take away that side of the game, um, I, I think it's it's going to be a proponent for your defense. And like you said, the Badgers have gone against pretty good running attacks already. You know, obviously J.K. Dobbins will be the best, and we saw. Some some big holes get opened up, you know, with Reggie Corbin in Illinois. Um, but I think overall, with just the scheme and the way Wisconsin has struggled from that, I think it's going to be something where you have to slow down Justin Fields, and, and you're more concerned with him because he can beat you in so many different ways. I mean, he's the, he's number two in the in the country in points responsible for because he makes plays with his feet and because he makes plays with his arms. So you you have to look for so many more dimensions with a guy like that, a dual threat quarterback, you know, in every sense of the word. So, so kind of going off of that, what in your eyes is kind of the key to slowing down this Ohio state offense? Is there anything in particular that you see um, that, that is something that they're really going to have to key on uh, to slow them down and get them off the field when they've got that you know third down opportunity? I think it's, it's stopping the run. They've got to stop JK Dobbins. Like I said, he's a phenomenal running back. Uh, he's, he's like Jonathan Taylor. They came in around the same time and are both, uh, three-year starters. So he's no joke. He's 
I think he's having his best year this year. He's already up to almost 950 yards. But I think part of it is going to be making sure that the defense, if players don't try to do too much and are wrapping up their tackles. Last week against Illinois, we saw too many times where there was the big plays. You know, like I said I, in the last podcast, um, Peters only gave, had nine completions. But some of those went for big chunk plays because of missed tackles. Wisconsin's got to make tackles. There's so many times when Ohio State uh, uses their wider receivers. They have a phenomenal group of talented wide receivers. They've got five guys with over 100 yards receiving, um, four of them already over 200 yards. So they're going to have to to match up with those weapons and and stay in coverage. The Badgers need to get the quarterback to stop those guys from being able to hit on the long uh long routes and instead make them stick to crossers and wrap up when they get them because oftentimes Ohio State hits those short crossers that turn into a seven-yard gain and they have the wide receivers that can do it you know um, Victor and Hill both have 50 plus yard receptions this year so it's it's a big deal to be able to to wrap up on those short intermediate routes and not let them get to the big ones like they weren't able to do against Illinois. Yeah, they've certainly got that speed on the outside that helps, you know, you know, attack coverages the way you've seen them put up these chunk plays uh, with with that speed and, and Justin Fields getting them the ball quick and having them make plays. I think like, I think you mentioned a little bit, you know, I think getting after the quarterback is going to have to be something if if they slow the run down first and make Justin Fields throw the ball. Um, I think they're going to have to get some good pressure on him, you know, and get in, get in the backfield. And if you want to talk about, obviously, a chink in in their in their armor so to speak it's kind of been their passing game uh they haven't had to rely on it as much but at the same time maybe you just try and and make them beat you with one dimension or the other and then you talk about that offensive line that they have they've played fairly well uh but they're still 64th in pass protection and sacks allowed uh which to me says that when going against a dominating you know front and defense like wisconsin's it's something that you could certainly look for as a, a possible opportunity for Wisconsin to to get off the field is getting in the backfield and and making plays when they drop back to throw and also disrupting the run game. You know, getting getting a push on the line of scrimmage is going to be crucial uh, for them in this game. Yeah. And then going off of that, of course, is it's the third down aspect like we talked about uh, a little bit. But if you if you're going to attack this offense. I think uh, you know making that offensive line play well, or going at this offensive line, making the defensive line play well is going to be crucial in this game. You know, and people talk about, you know, I didn't put this in the notes, but what have you made of Ohio State's schedule so far this season? Because people talk about they haven't played, you know, haven't been tested, but when you look at them, they've beaten a six and one Cincinnati team, um, you know, beaten a five and two Indiana team. Is there any? Have you you take anything away from? possibly you know a schedule standpoint or or do you think they've just been as dominating as we've seen I I think it's a combination it always is Uh, I think Ohio State is the top one of the top one or two teams in the country Um, but I do think that they're they have benefited from uh, a fairly good schedule in terms of who they've had at home and where they've been on the road you know but we've also seen Wisconsin lay an egg against Illinois so it's you never know especially with how Ohio State has done in the last couple seasons, losing at Iowa and at Purdue. So I think right now, uh, I thought the interesting part was on uh, Ohio State's stats online. They have just listed Miami instead of Miami of Ohio, which is just <laughs> amazing because they have the score 76-5, to 5, obviously. And, and you're like, oh, yeah, they beat Miami. But, like, obviously that was Miami of Ohio. So uh, I just thought that was kind of a, that was a funny little move by Ohio State on their game results. 
Yeah, I mean, you, and, you know, I, I think people are looking at their schedule, and obviously, like you said, it's a little bit of both. But at the same time, they've played some quality teams that, that maybe aren't, you know, anywhere close to Ohio State's level of talent. So I think it's a mixture of both. They're really good, and uh, their schedule has been, you know, not necessarily light, but not necessarily a huge test for them yet either. And, you know, the common opponents of, of Northwestern and, and uh, Michigan State, obviously Wisconsin dismantled Michigan State, and um, you know, it was always in control, you know, against Northwestern. But other than that, I think they're, they've still been, you know, pretty much as good as advertised. You know, wrapping up. One thing I wanted yeah. to add to that is they also, though, have had um, Michigan State, Nebraska and Northwestern all at night. So it's like they've had it, the big game atmosphere for them as well. So it makes it so that like they're juiced up, their opponents are juiced up and those Northwestern and Nebraska games were on the road. So they blew those teams out uh, handily in uh, tough environments. Yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, People were mad about the 11 a.m. kick. All of a sudden, it looks like it might uh, be an even bigger advantage for the Badgers uh, in this one, you know, not playing in that night game. Still a big game, but it's a different feel. And, you know, anyone who's been to a night college football game, you know, it's a, it's a much different feel than, you know, playing on a Saturday afternoon. Kind of wrapping up our, our talk, we, we, I just wanted to hit on any key point. What is overall the main aspect that you're interested in and uh, we'll be watching for in this game? Uh, I'll be specifically watching how the uh, kind of the things that fell apart last week for the Badgers are going to be the things that I'm going to home in on for this game. I'm going to really watch to see how the Wisconsin offensive line bounces back, if they're able to get the push uh, consistently, if they're able to protect Cone, you know, against a, a heady head rush, I mean a heady, a heady pass rush. Um, as well as the ability to make those tackles. I think those are going to be the, the main keys for the Badgers to have a shot is they need to wrap up and, and tackle well uh, on those talented wide receivers, uh, as well as being able to stop the run, something they also struggled with last week. So I think that's going to be the thing is, can they do the things that they struggled to get with last week, this week, and kind of bounce back to be the team that we had seen the first five weeks of the season? Um, our six weeks of the season. And then uh, the turnover battle, something that the Badgers struggled with last week. You know, the Badgers are 10th are, uh, in the FBS, second in the Big Ten, only behind Ohio State. So which team wins that turnover battle also can be a huge, uh, huge uh, feather in the cap and can really help propel a team. You know, when Ohio State lost to Iowa and Purdue, they struggled with turnovers, something the Badgers are going to need to uh, force if they want to have, cha- have a chance in this game, in my eyes. Yeah, I would agree. I th- I think the main aspect for me and it, it your you know all your points kind of wrap into it is is who wins on third down. Um, I, I really think if the Badgers want to win this game, they've got to sustain drives and and that you know that that goes with converting on third down. They've got the top third down defense in the nation. So uh, you know both sides who wins those battles and, and makes those critical plays uh, and of course takes care of the football to to keep sustaining the drives. Uh, all goes together. I think more so than any any week, you know, the the offense and defense have to work cohesively uh, as a unit. You know, with the offense staying out on the field and sustaining drive uh, to give the defense a break and give it to the defense a chance to recoup, and then the defense is going to have to make some plays and get off the field on third down to get the ball back to the offense and maybe flip field position and of course get some points on the board. So uh, there's so many different aspects of this game. Obviously, it, it's a ton of fun to talk about. Uh, when when you have a huge matchup like this, I think I'm sorry, our our most content in terms of podcast has been the Michigan, the Michigan State, the Ohio States, because there's so many different things that go into a football game of this magnitude. 
that's all we've got for right now, other than, of course, uh, the score predictions. And so far, we've been fairly accurate. And, of course, not last week. Uh, <laughs> not last week. <laughs> but uh, we've been pretty good on our predictions. Matt, where what are you thinking uh, in terms of a score prediction for this Saturday's huge Big Ten battle? Uh, before, I, before I give mine, are you thinking they're going to cover? I think they're going to cover. Okay, we agree on that. Um, so I I was I was bouncing around, you know, right around that 14, kind of where the where the uh, spread is at right now. Um, but I looked back into the history of kind of this matchup, and the last six times that Indianapolis uh, beat down that I was at, uh, notwithstanding, um, it's been one possession games since 2011. So. You know, and I guess since 2010 when the Badgers won in Madison. So even when it's in Columbus, the Badgers play Ohio State close. They have styles that are very conflicting. They're very different. And because of that, it's it's always a good game. It's always a matchup that both teams are up for. And I think a game that Wisconsin really circles each year on the calendar, which might be part of the reason they uh, missed out on that game last week a bit. But um I think it's going to be, you know, right around the one score, possibly, you know, 10 point ish uh, game. So I'll go 34, 27, something something like that. 34, 24, something like that, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally hear what you're saying. I'm kind of in that same boat. I I was thinking more of a 10 point game. I was texting with uh, a confidant that I that I know who lives out in Vegas. And he said, you know, if Wisconsin wouldn't have lost this game uh, last week, this spread would have been more of a nine and a half to 10 uh, anyway. So I think that the numbers for a for Ohio State get inflated because they've beat, you know, teams by an average of 40 points. And uh, you, you saw last week what Wisconsin did, you know, on the road against the Illinois team and just frankly laid an egg. But if you throw that out, you know, I know you can't completely throw it out, but if you if you look past that a little bit and don't take one week and you look at the body of work, I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than, than what Vegas thinks. So um, I had 31-21. Uh, down for Ohio State. I think if you have, if you're going to beat Ohio State, I think you got to probably keep them, you know, under 30. Uh, but I've got 31-21 as my score prediction. So we're kind of in the same boat with, uh, you know, Ohio State getting to the 30s, Ohio State or Wisconsin keeping it close and getting into the 20s, but maybe uh, not having enough. So I think I speak for both of us that I hope we are both wrong the, this time next week. Yeah, if I could be as wrong as I was last week, this week in the, you know, reverse that. We'll have a lot to talk about. Yeah, that would be that would be great. So uh, if if you bet uh, if you lay the points with Ohio State, you know I hope I hope you're wrong too, and I, I think you'd be worth uh, a Badgers win versus the money maybe you'd you'd uh, be putting in your pocket. But that's all we've got for the uh, you know our portion of the show, and uh, now we're going to kick it to an interview with Colton Denning uh, after a quick ad read. Uh, he's from Land Grand Holy Nation, which is Ohio State's uh, SB Nation site. Um, and they put out a ton of tremendous content. Obviously, Ohio State has a huge following, and their website uh, does a ton of great stuff. So make sure to check them out. But other than that, uh, we will be back on our regular schedule next week on Tuesday You know, as the Badgers we wrap up, and we'll recap uh, the Ohio State matchup, which is sure to be a good one. So thank you guys for listening. We're going to kick it to our interview on Wisconsin. All right, Badger fans, we now welcome on Colton Denning of Land Grant Holy Land, which is SB Nation's Ohio State Buckeyes site. Uh, make sure to go over and check those guys out. If you're looking for uh, Ohio State perspective on this huge Big Ten matchup, 
They put out a, a ton of great content over their site. Uh, it, you guys are one of my favorite Big Ten sites when I get to to read some stuff. And obviously, I'm sure you guys have a huge following. So if you're looking for an Ohio State perspective on this game, uh, make sure to uh, check the guys out over there uh, on this website. But obviously, a huge game for the Badgers uh, to try and rebound and get this thing back on track after a uh, abysmal loss in uh, Illinois, which we talked about on our uh, show, our instant reaction show last weekend. Uh, Getting into this one, Colton, I mean, Ohio State has has really dominated everyone they've played so far this season. Uh, they're you know, winning by an average margin of, of almost of over 40 points per game. For you, what aspect of uh, this team has, has kind of been the most dominant or, or most impressive that the Badger fans should be should be looking out for? I think the easy answer is the offense, and it's the the most sexy answer with with Ryan Day's history as the offensive coordinator and bringing in a high profile in Justin Fields, and you have stars everywhere with J.K. Dobbins in, in the receiving game, and that's all well and good because they've they've been so awesome on offense, and they've just been able to to crush some really good defenses so far this season. But for me, it has to be the the defense. Now I'm not I'm not going to act like they've played like a lot of great offenses this season, but I, if any Wisconsin fans watched the Ohio State defense, not even just last year, but in 2017, you were probably as aghast as we were like watching all of these four-star and five-star athletes look like they had no idea what they were doing out on the field and just like getting gashed by Purdue, getting gashed by Iowa, getting gashed a little bit by Northwestern in the Big 10 Championship game last year and they've completely turned it around that right now they're first in defensive sp plus they're first in stuff rate so they're they're making plays behind the line of scrimmage their third and sack rate which is a lot to do with chase young and his dominance and then they're i think they're second in havoc rate and second in defensive passing SP plus and, and their secondary had just been so rough the past couple of seasons they've switched up the scheme under a new co-defensive coordinator Jeff Halfley, who came over from the Niners. So they've really just been flying to the ball, one, playing with confidence. And they they look like not only they, they know what they're doing, but they understand why they're doing it. And, and that's something that was really missing from at least the past two defenses since that really good defense in 2016 with guys like Malik Hooker, Marshawn Lattimore, and a couple other guys who are, who are off in the NFL now. But long story short, the defense has just completely flipped around from what they've been. And I think that that's really taken the team to the next level. Yeah. I mean, I would totally agree when I was watching that Northwestern game and I've caught a couple other of the, of the Ohio state games. And I was as a Wisconsin fan and, and insider, you, you look at this team and you go, okay, well, Ohio state has always had a good offense and always has done pretty well, but you can usually score points on the defense. And then I see this, defensive team and I go you know what the heck is this that this this unit is is so much more dominating than they've been in in weeks past so I would I would agree at least from an outsider's perspective that the defense has been really impressive and I I hate to say it but they've been really fun to watch (laughs) so hopefully they can maybe take us if take a step back against the Badgers but uh, I know you're not rooting for that Um, another thing touching on it from an outsider's perspective Ryan Day in his first season you know every coming into the season obviously the question was can Ryan Day step into those shoes? Can Justin Fields take over? Is he really, a, you know, a, a star the way he was coming out of high school with his recruiting? And so far, it seems to be, at least from our perspective, that things seem to be clicking better under Ryan Day. 
uh, over Urban Meyer. Is that the case, or has it just been a just been playing really well, and you don't see a huge difference, or or, or what's maybe the big difference uh, between the Ryan Day schemes and, and the Urban Meyer team so far? Overall, or just offensively? I mean, I guess we can we can get more into just offensively because uh, I know there's some different schemes that you guys have run. I mean, what's kind of the difference between you know a Fields and Day versus you know an Urban Meyer and 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 uh, Dwayne Haskins? You know, I, I think schematically, like it, it's I, I don't want to say it's exactly the same because it's not because Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins are just two different style of quarterbacks. But with Ryan Day being the offensive coordinator the past three years. The stuff they're running, at least to me, and I, I'm no expert on on scheme stuff, but it, it's very similar. The the biggest difference is the mentality, and we've I've gotten killed on our podcast the last like two or three years saying that Urban Meyer was so rigid and the offense, well, really both sides of the ball in the program in general, but offensively has just felt like so much of a grind, and it felt like even with Dwayne Haskins, who did all these amazing things through for 50 touchdowns in one season as a starter broke all of these Ohio state and big 10 records was probably the best pure quarterback to ever play at Ohio state. They still ran him 15 times against Maryland just, just because Meyer wants to do that with his quarterbacks. And so it felt like even when Ryan day was offensive coordinator that he was kind of forced to be like, okay, I'll, I'll kind of do what you want urban. Like, just because I know you want the quarterback to run and now this season, we all kind of thought, okay, they have this guy in Justin Fields who is one of the more dynamic quarterback recruits in recent memory. Man, he's really going to have a field day running him. No, no, no pun intended, I guess, field day. And <laughs> they haven't. They haven't really run him at all. And maybe that's due to just blowing teams out and they haven't really – needed to do that maybe that changes this week if things are close and hey you got to put your athlete out there give him the ball and just let him do his thing but he has just shown that hey we, we want to beat you through the air we, we want to make we want to let you know that we're just going to run the ball with our running backs we're not going to run our quarterback we don't have to do that I think Ryan Day's philosophy is just I'm going to win however we have to not the Urban Meyer philosophy which at the end of his Ohio State tenure was more of just we want to win by ground and pound and doing read option stuff, but Hey, Dwayne can throw. So we're going to do that too with day. It's just like, we're, we're going to do whatever the defense gives us. And we're not going to care about really what we want to do because we want to do everything. And that's really, to me, been the biggest difference. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting because now that you, you say that and you, you go over it from an insider's perspective as an outsider, you can kind of see that from this offense that, you know, they're going to do, uh, whatever they need to do to to win the ball game versus trying to you know force your hand in that way because uh, I was I'm thinking back of the uh, the Ohio State offenses like with a JT Barrett even where it seemed like every every couple plays it was a read option and uh, you know keep the ball on the ground with the quarterback and, and see what happens but at the same time that aspect of the offense certainly killed the Badgers in recent memory simply because. It, it helped sustain those drives. You obviously we've touched on you know Justin Fields and you know, Badger fans are super familiar with uh, J.K. Dobbins and if they don't know uh, who Chase Young is, you might want to start paying attention, Badger fans, because that guy is a beast and probable top five pick and you know possibly in the in the next NFL draft. Who's maybe a player that Badger fans uh, don't know that they should be look on the lookout for on Saturday? I'll go with wide receiver Chris Olave, number seventeen. He is a sophomore and when when you look at him just just on the field wise he's not the biggest guy he's he's not 
the in either height or weight. I think he's listed at 6'1", 185, and he's not even the leading receiver in terms of, of catches or yards on the season. He has 21 for 318. He does lead the team in receiving touchdowns with six, but he is by far and away their most complete player. And if Justin Fields really needs to go to somebody, he's looking for 17 against Northwestern. He had five catches for 60 yards and two touchdowns. And that kind of game like epitomizes what Chris Olave is as a receiver, because this offense really isn't built for a receiver to have 10 catches for 180 yards. Like we kind of talked about earlier, they'll win however they have to, and they like to spread the ball around. But if it's a play that's going to gash you, it's probably coming from 17. And like I said, he he's not a guy that you'll look at and think like, oh, th- this guy will burn us. But at the end of the game, you're like, okay, that is a kid that's going to play in the NFL. And by the end of next season, he's going to be a first round pick. And the numbers might not be there, but by- by the end of the game, you'll definitely look back and think, okay, Chris Olave is a dude, and he's he's a guy that plays special teams to in for a block punt against Northwestern that the punter bobbled last week. So he's one of the more versatile players on the team, but just in terms of being a pure receiver, he's just super fun to watch. And despite not being the leader in catches or the leader in yards, he's, I think, truly their, their go-to receiver when they need a play. Yeah, that's interesting to note because obviously the Badgers' secondary has not really been tested. Obviously, you've you've seen the the talent on you know Michigan's receiving core, but they haven't they didn't really get tested until late in that game, you know, with Anico Collins and guys like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, matches up with with the Badgers' secondary in this game as as uh, Justin Fields dropbacks and if that's his go-to target. Obviously, Badger fans, you'll wanna pay attention to him that way. I was going through my Ohio State, you know, I do a keys to victory post on our site every week, you know, basically going through all the numbers of, of where teams rank um, in every category. And man, I tell you, Ohio State is, you guys are top 10 in almost everything. Uh, you know, obviously the number two total defense, number nine rushing defense, top second rated uh, pass defense offense. It's it's pretty great too. you know, third and rushing offense, fourth and passing of passing efficiency. You guys have dominated in every category that that really matters, you know, on a football field. There's got to be something <laughs> that the Badger fans can look for as as maybe an area where not so much Wisconsin has an advantage, but maybe as a Ohio State insider you have concerns. So, is there any area that uh, that concerns you in this matchup uh, for the Buckeyes? Linebacker play against the run, like th- that's been their true weakness the past couple of seasons, and they've been much better. This year, and a guy like Malik Harrison, one of their outside linebackers, has played so awesome in this scheme. But middle linebacker in particular, and and the big story to watch, I think, for Wisconsin fans is the week goes on, is the chatter about middle linebacker Baron Browning and his health. He's a former five-star kid out of Texas, just kind of took over the starting role in his second season about three games into the year. And he was out last week against Northwestern. It sounds like he's going to play this week. If he plays this week and is good from the jump, then I'm much less worried about it. But if Tough Borland plays, linebacker in his third year, he was, he's was he been the starter since he, he got on campus, then I think Wisconsin may be able to have a pretty good day on the ground. Um, you know, if you just, if you look up like tough Borland, he's like the one guy, he's like the whipping child for Ohio state fans <laughs> because he's just a player who is a little bit smaller 
not your typical fast Ohio State linebacker. He finds himself out of positions. He can over-pursue a lot, which leads to big lanes. That's something that happened a couple times against Northwestern last week. And if he's getting major playing time in this game, I'm definitely worried that Wisconsin in this running game, especially with those one cutback type of runs and, and the ability that Jonathan Taylor has to cut back runs back into the middle, that's something that really worries me. And if Wisconsin is able to do that and Borland plays a lot, then I think that that's where you can see Wisconsin having some success on offense and getting into second and fours, second and threes, and keeping the pressure off of Jack Cohn in the passing game and just being able to consistently run down the field. Yeah, and I, I think I speak for for pretty much anybody who's who's you know trying to figure out uh, the aspect of this game that that the Badgers are going to have success in or going to have to have success and it's going to be you know sustaining those drives and hitting on those run plays, which has been the mantra for the Badgers uh, for for decades now since even when Barry Alvarez took this uh, over. But a uh, Borland for Ohio State, obviously that would be. Uh, Getting beat by him would would be a tough thing uh, for the Badgers to swallow, given uh, Chris Borland's history with the Badgers so many years ago and in the successful career he had. Just to get beat by a Borland <laughs> on Saturday would just uh, be some salt in the wound. But uh, I don't think those two have any relation. I remember uh, hearing his name a couple years ago and looking that up. I don't believe they do. But uh, you know, kind of going off of that, we we talked about maybe where there's a weakness for Ohio State. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, obviously Ohio State is tremendously talented across the board. And, you know, if you look at recruiting rankings and stuff like that, you know, the Buckeyes are going to be tremendously higher at almost every position uh, for the Badgers. Maybe an offensive line is somewhere where can, Wisconsin can hold that. But where do you feel the, the biggest mismatch is for or I guess more of so an advantage for Ohio State in this game? Less than like a position versus position or offense versus defense mismatch. I, I think that it's. Ohio State can be two-dimensional, or I guess Ohio State has, I feel comfortable that Ohio State has more ways to win this game. Like if Wisconsin is going to decide to, hey, we're, we're going after Justin Fields in the passing game, we're going to make him get rid of the ball quick, then Ohio State can either go to the ground, hand the ball off to J.K. Dobbins, or they can utilize the quick game with guys like Olave, with a Garrett Wilson, with Benjamin Victor, or, or K.J. Hill, and any of the other number of receivers that they have. And then if Wisconsin decides, Hey, we're going to, we're going to step back and, and maybe we're going to decide to defend the pass. And we feel comfortable that, Hey, if we get six on six in the box, we can stop the run. They are, they're going to leave the run a little bit more open. I feel like Ohio state can, can run the ball with JK Dobbins and the run game, which has been much better than I thought it would be this season, especially the offensive line. So I think offensively Ohio state just has more ways to win this game than like, if I look at Wisconsin and think, Hey, if Ohio state is stopping Jonathan Taylor, how worried am I that Jack Cohn is going to beat them for four quarters? So that, that to me is probably the, maybe not the biggest mismatch, but why I feel more comfortable is that Ohio state to me just has more ways to win. Yeah, no, I totally hear what you're saying. I think that's a, a fair assessment. And in, in you know the Wisconsin offense, you know what they're going to do, and and they're going to have to win that football this football game in that way. So I'll, I'll kick that because that kind of goes off of it. You know, I'll kick it to our final question. We always do a, a fill in the blank. So uh, Ohio State wins this game if, and then you can fill in the blank for us. They win this game if they're running strong. And like, I hate to put a number on it, like five yards of carry because you, because you could have like a 60 yard run and then just have a bunch sure. of smaller runs. 
for the rest of the game. I think if they're consistently running the ball well and they're not allowing that Wisconsin front to load up the box and you have those one-on-one or three-on-three matchups with quick wide receiver screens that aren't you know totally taken away, I, th- I think consistently running the ball well is going to be able to keep things open for Ohio State's offense. And if they are running four, five, six yards a pop like they were early in that 2017 Big Ten championship game, then I think that's where this game not gets out of hand, but it might be a longer day for that Wisconsin defense just because they they can't hold them to a, a second and eight consistently. Absolutely. Well, there you go. have it, guys. Great uh, insight from Colton uh, with Land Land Grant Holy Land. I was trouble. I always have trouble saying that. <laughs> um, but great insider uh, information about this. Obviously, huge Big Ten matchup for both teams. You know, huge implications both uh, in the Big Ten race and, of course, in that college football playoff race that uh, both teams uh, are looking to get to uh, in, in terms of that. So, if you guys are looking for more stuff. Uh, on the game more than just the uh, Bucky Bucky's fifth quarter uh, content that we put out. Make sure to go and check those guys out because they put out a lot of great stuff, as we mentioned earlier. Guys, make sure to subscribe, you know, rate, review. Uh, we, we've got our podcast up on pretty much every outlet uh, now as we've gotten the, this new show going. Colton, we appreciate you taking the time, and uh, good luck this weekend. But uh, hope, <laughs> hopefully the uh, Badgers come out on top. But we do appreciate you uh, joining the show and giving us that insider perspective. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, I want all the Wisconsin fans to know not all Ohio State fans think Ohio State's going to win this game by like 50. And some of <laughs> us do respect Wisconsin. So, no, I, I always love uh, previewing uh, this this game. And who knows? I, I think it is very likely that uh, that we chat here uh, in early December, too. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. And, you know, for I think for both of all our sakes, we'll take that. So I, I hopefully uh, we'll hear from you as we get into early December in that Big Ten championship uh, aspirations. Obviously, the Badgers have a little bit more work to do to get to that point. We'll have to wait and see. Colton, again, thanks for uh, joining the show, guys. Thanks for listening. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. We will be back on Tuesday for our recap show uh, where we'll get into, obviously, the happenings of this past weekend. Uh, but until then, on Wisconsin. Thank you.